0: Oli, oli, my lovelies, welcome to Sensitively Magical, a podcast where highly sensitive witches and intuitive creators come to celebrate our unique magic and creativity together. I'm your host, Millie Quintero, Libra Sun, Aries Rising, Pisces Moon. Another week, here we are, starting fresh and anew. Uh, How was last week for you? How was... That beginning of Mercury in Libra, once again, the back and forth, the chatting, trying to find agreement or just to agree to disagree, whatever it is that you're going through right now. Did you express your words either in that conversation or do you feel like you did get to share? what you feel like you needed to communicate last week? Do you feel like your words were indeed spells? Did you practice making your words into spells? Did you share with your community, be it your work community or your home community, your friends, your family? Did you get your message across? How did last week go? Let me know. I like to know the impact the stars and my interpretation of the stars are having in your life. So if you feel like you would like to share with somebody, you can always reach me at mil, M-I-L, at aletheacobin.com. My email is in the show notes if you want to check that out. But anyways, in today's episode, I am telling you a little bit more about my story growing up and not knowing about being a highly sensitive person. We'll dive as well into being a highly sensitive person. Okay, so what does that mean? What are the signs? How do I know that I'm a highly sensitive person? And then once again, we'll do the astrological forecast. That being that, let's dive into today's episode. I was born in Colombia in the 90s. I was born in a region northwest of the country very close to the limits to Panama. This and many other areas of the country really, but this one included, it's a very difficult and conflicted zone. Because of this, my dad was very overprotective of us. So we weren't really allowed to go out much. My friends would come to our home and like have sleepovers at home instead of he letting us go out to other people's houses or just you know just like go outside other than going out for school. My dad was also an abuser. He abused of my mother physically, mentally, psychologically in all sorts of ways. And because of this my mom migrated to the States when I was nine. For her it was like, if I don't get out of this country, this guy is going to kill me. So my mom migrated to the States when I was nine. My sister was four, and we stayed with my dad. So, because of this, my dad's protection just intensified. So, we, well, this kind of applied more to me. Eventually, my sister is just kind of like rebelling and she doesn't care. I to listen to my dad and stuff, so and I honestly didn't, again, I'm a highly sensitive person and at the time I didn't know it, so I just anyways prefer to be home. So why am I putting you in this context? I'm putting you in this context because I then migrate to the States at age 18, which means that up until I'm 17, I've been living in this area where I'm not allowed to go out, I don't actually get to experience what the Colombian culture really is because I, difference to my sister, did have a visa to go to the States. My sister didn't get her visa until we actually get to migrate to California. So up until this point, I'm just going back and forth to the States and Colombia on summer and winter breaks, and then the rest of the time... I'm just in school and I'm not actually experiencing really what the reality of living in this country is because my dad wants to keep me protected. He wants to keep me safe. So I mostly spend my time at home. So I then moved to the States at age 18 with my mom and my sister because we finally got our green cards. And as you may have heard me say, in the last episode with Atika Johnson, I never wanted to come back to this country. Never, ever, ever. Uh, but you know, never say never. <laughs> life just kind of happened, you know, like I loved living in the States. I loved my life in California and in Oregon. And But then I started having, I was in an unhealthy relationship. I was having... Very weird symptoms. I've always struggled with my gut and things were getting a little intense and scary for me when it came to my health. And then I had come to the country back to Colombia in December 2016. And I don't know, there was something about like looking at my dad and he just looked very old. (laughs) You know, like he kind of hit me like, man, this guy could like die any day. (laughs) So it was like a combination of three things that were like, maybe I just need to move back here to Colombia. So I ran away to Colombia from that relationship. But I also came here to heal, you know, to confront whatever health issues I was going through and then to be with my dad because he was getting old. But once again, because I didn't actually experience what really living in this country was like, and I hadn't had the experience of being a grown-up in this country, when I moved back, I was confronted with a situation that I was not prepared for. I started university. Part of it was because my dad just really wanted me to get, to get a degree Part of it it was also like, well, what else am I going to do with my time? So I start school, all excited. I'm totally going to make this work this time. If I buy these pastel highlighters and this fancy notebook, it's going to be great. So that's what I did. I started school. The first week was like, cool, I can do this. Second week, I'm already behind. I am already overwhelmed By the fact that I'm in this country that doesn't function properly. I like don't really know anyone in the city that I had just moved into. I don't have any sort of support. My schedule was totally full. Second week I'm already behind schedule. Fucking up already. (laughs) That's what my brain was telling me. Can't do this. And something that I tend to do is that I get into a lot of extracurriculars because I learned to be in a lot of extracurriculars because my beautiful mother wanted me to be many things. And although that's totally cool, when you don't have those systems in place, it isn't necessarily the greatest idea. So I like got into yoga class, was going to start swimming classes. Right, I was in dancing class as well. So didn't know at the time I was a highly sensitive person, you know. So I was just kind of like, living my life in whichever way worked I don't know technically I knew my way around the things the places that I had already been to so my classrooms for certain classes that I was taking that semester I knew where the dancing classroom was and I knew where the yoga classroom were because they were all within that area that I used to walk all the time already but then the swimming lessons were you know like where the gym would be And I had no idea where that was. You know, the day that I got enrolled, they told me, they gave me the instructions for where where the pool was. (laughs) And I didn't know this either at the time, but I have a working memory problem, which means that I don't retain information you give me immediately. (laughs) And if you give me more than three instructions, I will not be able to follow through with the rest of them. So this person gave me instructions as to how to make it to the pool. And I didn't write them down because I didn't know I had a memory problem. And I've never thought that maybe I could write things down when someone was giving me an instruction. I was like, cool, thank you so much. I will, of course, remember this in two weeks when I finally have to go to the swimming class. Sure, no problem. Uh, What a mistake that was... So the day of the swimming class, the first swimming class comes around. I go to my classes that day, go for lunch, and then I have like three hours. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to hang out by the cafeteria in the meantime. And I'll just like do homework, whatever. And then when the time comes, I'll go to whatever this pool is. So it's like 4.30 p.m. It's like 30 minutes away from this when this class is supposed to start. And I'm like, shit, I don't actually know what this place is. And now I got to find it and I only have 30 minutes to figure this out. Why didn't I try to figure this out three hours earlier? (laughs) And I'm like, okay, who do I go to? Who's going to help me? I know no one. (laughs) I ended up asking someone at the cafeteria about like, if you know Colombians, Colombians do not know how to give you directions. And this person was just like, you turn here, then you turn there. And then when you get to the tree, which tree, man, which tree? When you get to the tree with the red leaves, red leaves, there's no red leaves in this country because we don't have fall. You just keep straight and then you turn and then you're going to find a gate. And in that gate, you're going to like, so I start following instructions, cannot find a tree. So I'm like, I think I've made it as far as I can with these directions. And now I don't know where this place is. And my mind just starts going, why can't I find the place? Where the hell am I? (laughs) I've got no one to help me. Why couldn't I figure this out a few hours earlier? Three hours earlier? Why can I not remember anything? Why is it loud? I am overstimulated by my own mind (laughs) at this point. Because suddenly it's hitting me that I'm living in a country that I don't actually understand how it works. (laughs) And I'm being confronted to that (laughs) in the silliest thing, which is I cannot find a pool. And I just start crying because I have just realized that maybe I made a mistake and all I can do is fail and I cannot figure anything out. And the external stimuli was not helping my situation. So I'm in tears, feeling like I'm a total failure. Why did I move to this country? Why am I even trying to go to school when I'm just going to fail again? Why can't I do anything right? And suddenly there's this person just like staring at me crying in the middle of the field. <laughs> And so I ran away in the other direction, whatever I was coming from. And thank goodness I remembered that there was a mental health building and I stormed into the building. And this woman, one of the therapists who is at the desk in that moment, just like opens her eyes and looks at me like, what the fuck has just happened? <laughs> Trying to keep her cool while I'm like sobbing, trying to communicate to her that I cannot find the pool and I'm having a mental breakdown and I don't know what to do with my life. (laughs) And so I start breathing, you know, like actually moving air through my nose into my belly because of course I'm hyperventilating at this time. And sometimes that just happens that we get so overwhelmed, we panic. And so once I'm calm, I tell her and I explain to her, no, look what happened is that I don't know where the pool is and I'm supposed to be taking this class and I'm already failing school and I'm only five weeks into this whole thing and I just moved back to this country and blah, 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 all happened very fast. She was like, okay, breathe. And then she just explained to me again how to make it to the pool. She actually gave me instructions that I could understand. But at that point, I'm just like so overwhelmed that I don't actually go to the swimming class that day. I just told myself, I'll try this again, I guess, on Thursday. Because classes were on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so I left, heartbroken. (laughs) But the root of everything was that I didn't know I was a highly sensitive person and because I was a highly sensitive, because I am a highly sensitive person, I need systems in place and I need a support network in place to hold me when things are kind of feeling like they're crumbling. Because I don't want you to go through the same stuff that I've gone through and because I think that if you are a highly sensitive person, knowing that you are is the beginning to change certain things in your life that aren't working and creating new ways of being and creating that support network that is going to help you live in alignment to your sensitivity and own it to be. The motherfucking witch that you actually are. Yeah? How do you know that you are a highly sensitive person? So, the highly sensitive person has four core traits. The first one is that we process things deeply. This means that we take in information and we don't only just take in that information we just received, we are also already comparing it to other information we have received either a few seconds later, years later, a lifetime ago. (laughs) And we are comparing that information for something that is similar and we're going to be noticing the patterns of this information. And we're doing this so unconsciously That we won't even know when we make the decision, how we made the decision. But our decision is most times well-informed. Now, what what I mean by most times is that sometimes we're making decisions, say, behavioral patterns that are happening in our lives. For example, in my case, running away back to Colombia because I already learned that If I run away, I will be saved from a bad relationship because I learned that from my mother. But I actually made that decision because my brain was making those connections, but I wasn't aware of what I was doing. I figured that shit out years later, (laughs) okay? That's what deep processing is. This deep processing makes the highly sensitive person very intuitive. So example with the robbery, If you're picking up the signs of the people around you, while many people are not paying attention, my brain is paying attention to my surroundings even when I am not aware that I am paying attention. And I can pinpoint the person who is about to grab a camera of my hand so I can run away. Intuition just came up and happened and saved me from being robbed. Another trait of the highly sensitive person is that we are stressed under overstimulation so for example going to the grocery store you know the lights are very bright the music may be loud there may be scents your partner is talking to you trying to get you to make a decision on do we get this pasta or this other brand of pasta and then the lady wants to give you a free sample of cheese and you just snap because You can't deal with the scents, you can't deal with the bright lights, you can't deal with the sounds, and your partner talking to you, and can this lady just fuck off, please? I don't want your free cheese. That is being stressed and the overstimulation. Now, this is an extreme case, but you will know what I'm talking about if this relates to you. The third trait of the highly sensitive person is that we have emotional reactivity and empathy. So emotional reactivity is that if you're feeling happy, you're going to be feeling very elevated. You're going to be to an extreme of joy. And if you're sad, you're most likely going to feel very deep in your sadness. So that's not to say that we cannot feel things in the middle. When we are self-regulated, it is possible to be in a more harmonious state of emotion yeah but most likely if we haven't trained our emotional reactivity we will be feeling our feelings extremely (laughs) extremely yes and then this is the same to empathy so yes you can put yourself in someone else's shoes and feel their feelings but this is also like when you're watching a horror film and someone is about to get murdered, you feel that. You feel like it's you who is about to get murdered. Or if you're watching a very happy scene in a film, and it's, you know, like in this meadow, I don't know what I'm thinking about Twilight, but <laughs> Edward Cullen and Bella Swan are in this meadow, and, you know, like little, I don't know, chamomile or dandelions that are around them, and he's glowing, and... She's just so infatuated and you're feeling that infatuation and you're just like, vampire take me. <laughs> I don't know, like you feel that romance, you feel that love, you feel that joy. That's your empathy, that's your emotional reactivity. And then the last main trait of the highly sensitive person is our ability to sense the subtleties. So... This is our ability to perceive what most people cannot see or notice or, I mean, to an extent care about, whereas we do, like pointing the phone guy on on the hiking trail. You notice those when someone else isn't paying attention to them. Or you notice very quickly someone else's emotion or because you're always so alert about someone else's mood, you're always questioning how that other person is doing because you can sense the little shifts on that person and on their mood. This sensing of subtleties is what allows us, in our good, to enjoy looking up at the sky at nighttime and noticing all the stars. If these four portraits sound like you, here are 23 signs that you may be a highly sensitive person. One, other people's moods affect you. Two, you are very aware of the little things in your environment. Three, you have a very low pain threshold. So when you hurt yourself, even when it's just a teeny tiny bit, you hurt a lot. Four, you know you need loads of alone time when you have a very busy day Or when you go out, you always come back very emotionally drained, physically drained. Uh, Sometimes you just wish you could just like turn the lights off and just like be still in silence and in darkness. Five, coffee hits you super hard. (laughs) Six, things like bright lights, strong scents. Rough textures, loud noises cause you discomfort. Seven, your inner life is very, very rich. You have a wonderful imagination that can play movies in your head, whether they're happy or horror movies. I lost count where I am, maybe eight. (laughs) You are deeply moved by a song can make you cry, a beautiful painting can just bring you so much joy you totally relate to a play you've gone and seen live nine you are very conscientious I don't know if that's how you pronounce the word but you know like conscientious (laughs) ten you are you get startled easily so like in my case my sister and my partner love freaking me out like they really enjoy they really find a lot of joy by scaring the shit out of me or like if a truck passes by and it hunks and you know it's so unpredictable that it just like unsettles you you know that kind of thing. 11 you feel overwhelmed when you have to do something in a very short amount of time. 12 you know what people need when they are uncomfortable so you can help them feel more comfortable so like you notice in a room if someone seems to be like squinting their eyes like you were very quick at picking those signs and you know that one needs to be done it's like change the lighting 13 you get annoyed when someone is rushing you or when they're like trying to make you do things all at the same time 14 you try very hard to not forget things or make mistakes Fifteen, you prefer to not watch violent films or shows. And I know I've talked about horror films because I like to put myself through pain. But maybe you're like me too. So like you prefer not to, but that doesn't mean that you won't. (laughs) But if you can choose and most likely you would just prefer not to get involved in watching something violent like a horror film or like something like Breaking Bad just like it's just too much for you even though you love it that's okay but like you feel what's happening in the film or in the show you know I have lost count so the next sign is you feel uncomfortable when a lot of things are happening around you you just you would just rather have a quiet room for yourself when you're hungry you get hangry to the verge that you're about to pass out because this also, it's very connected to the fact that we have a very low pain tolerance. You like gentle things. So, scents that are soft, music that is played an appropriate, or what we consider an appropriate volume. We have a high appreciation for art and beauty. Yeah, we're pretty good with aesthetics, actually, because of that sensitivity, which makes us... Great artist too. You are pretty good at figuring out when it's to be done, so there's no disruptions in your life. So, like, if you're actually when you're actually listening to your sensitivity, you know what to do to avoid the disruption or something upsetting you because you're overwhelmed. You get very nervous or uncomfortable when someone is watching you do something. In my case, for example, I don't like people watching me draw. Even though I'm a pretty good drawer and illustrator, I I just don't like being watched doing things that I do. And lastly, most likely, when you were a child, your parents or your teachers called you a timid child. They didn't know you were a highly sensitive person. And what they decided was that you were a timid child. Okay, so those are the signs. Now the first step is to go through these signs. The more signs you check off, the more likely you are to be a highly sensitive person. And if you are currently with a therapist, this is something you can bring up to them. Now, not every therapist, not every psychologist specializes or <laughs> on being a highly sensitive person and many of them don't even know about it. That's how new of a concept this is. So just be mindful of that. You can bring that up to your therapist. But know that not everyone is trained on this topic. I will also like to have make a disclaimer that I am not a therapist. I am a highly sensitive person who experienced this and would like to help other people like me in your path as a highly sensitive person to become a powerful witch and the most magical artist you can be <laughs> um, but I am not a therapist however I do advise everyone regardless of their sensitivity or not to seek professional help yes so I believe that once you have figured out if you're a highly sensitive person you can start making sense of yourself in your world and how you need to operate in your world And one of the first things to do about that is building that support network I was mentioning. Your support network can be conformed by things that you like to do, people that support you, and also boundaries that you set for yourself. So your support network is kind of like a survival kit. I don't actually like the name, but I haven't figured out a better, cuter, nicer name. So in the meantime, we're going to call it the survival kit. I'm going to give you an example of my survival kit for you to create your own survival kit. My therapist. The person I go to to talk my shit out, to figure out my behavioral patterns that need to be acknowledged and changed, you know. The person I've been to. Tarot. The tool I use to listen and communicate with my ancestors and with my inner world. So sometimes I am just a little unsure of... Like what I'm feeling or how to deal with something. So I just ask the cards to give me guidance. Essential oils and a diffuser. I choose what I smell by setting up my diffuser to sense that I like and that I know soothe me. My partner who listens to me, who holds me when I need to cry, who loves me, who holds me accountable, <laughs> showering. I need to take a hot, warm shower either when I'm extremely tired, when I am extremely overstimulated or just overstimulated, when I'm angry, I always shower, when I'm having just like a very difficult moment to go through because it cleanses me, it calms me down, I am a Pisces moon, And my birth chart, it's a water emphasis. And I'm not kidding you. Water, being in water, it's like the most calming thing for me. So that is my top five on my survival kit. I have lots of other tools that support me and that make up my support network. And as you could see, it's composed by people, by tools that will help me now that I know that I'm a highly sensitive person, make sense of the world cope with the world so for today i would like you to think about whether you are indeed a highly sensitive person and if you are to start thinking what tools what people what things within yourself you can reach to at different moments when you're overwhelmed overstimulated or need some some type of help because we're not here to think to do things really alone (laughs) Yes, we need to make sure that we are capable by ourselves and that we can do things by ourselves and that we're not dependable. But we also need to remember that we're not here to be alone. And even when highly sensitive people do enjoy a lot of alone time, we also need that aspect of community. We also need to feel, to feel held and supported by ourselves and others, yes? And connecting to whether you are a highly sensitive person or not is the first step for you to create a survival kit, for you to create a support network that is going to hold you when you most need it. Time for Cosmic Flow. Cosmic Flow is my weekly forecast for the highly sensitive person in which I combine predictive and electional astrology to guide you on how you can co-create your art and reality with the help of the planets throughout the week. Just as highly sensitive people are easily overwhelmed by the energies in our physical and immediate environment, I believe that we are just as impacted by the energies of the planets. Which means that we can both be more vulnerable to those energies and knowing how to work with their frequencies, be empowered to enact our will and fulfill our creative potential with their support. I start this segment by listing the transits of the week by day so you can first connect to your own intuition and try to get a sense of what the energies may mean. I encourage you to try this out even if you don't really know anything about astrology or what the transits might sound like. Then, I'll walk you through what these transits mean, starting with the general sense of the energy given by the fast-changing moon, and moving to what the rest of the planets are up to. Lastly, I close this segment with a collective intention for the week and suggest the planetary magical practices that you can engage with to start co-creating with the planets. Now that you know what to expect, let's dive in. Today, we are talking about the cosmic flow for October 17th to the 23rd. On Monday, the Sun will trine Mars, and the Moon will enter Leo. On Tuesday, Venus will trine Mars. Wednesday, the Sun will square Pluto, and Thursday, Venus will square Pluto. On this day, the Moon will also enter Virgo. Saturday, the Sun and the Moon will conjunct, which means that we have a Venus Casimi. Also, Mercury will trine Saturn and the moon will enter Libra. On Sunday, Venus will enter Scorpio, and a few hours later, the sun will also enter Scorpio. At first glance, what do these transits tell you about the energy of the week? Feel free to pause if you want to connect to your intuition and listen what your inner world is telling you about this week. As you may have noticed, we have a pretty active week astrologically, and we have a lot of personal planets involved, so Venus and the Sun are at the center this week. Before we dive into those transits though, let's talk about what the Moon is up to. To give you a heads up, eclipse season begins next week with the new Moon eclipse in Scorpio on October 25th. I'm not going to talk about that until next Monday, but I just wanted to give you a heads up just so you know what's coming our way. So last week we started slowing down with the moon going from full moon to its third quarter, yeah? Now the moon is making its way from the third quarter towards that new moon I just mentioned. We are culminating the Libra cycle, so it's time to notice within what we have learned from the past month. The moon will be moving through Leo, Virgo, and Libra. So it's time to integrate that knowledge through the making of a piece of art, Leo. Edit your systems and SOPs that aren't supportive to you anymore, Virgo. Process your thoughts in conversation with with others one-on-one, Libra. Very simple, we're still slowing down, but we're also regrouping, understanding the lessons the Libra season has taught us and we're going to integrate that knowledge now what are the rest of the planets up to so so even though we have a week that is so even though we have a week that is all about introspection and reflection and understanding we still gotta do our work right so on Monday we're talking about the self sun and the warrior Mars in a supportive aspect the trine, that will give us a boost of energy and confidence. This is a transit that can make us feel sort of invincible. We believe in ourselves and that we can achieve anything we set our minds to. Now, because we are in the last quarter of the moon cycle, I think it's better to wait to start on new projects and instead use that boost of self-confidence to follow through with a project you've already started but may have been struggling with due to anxiety or a lack of confidence or fear of the outcome. Remember, the moon will also enter Leo towards the end of the day, so culminating a creative project you've been struggling with could be something to consider for this day. Then on Tuesday, Venus will be doing a trine to Mars. Are you hearing this? So... The sun just did a trine to Mars on Monday and now Venus is going to do that exact same aspect to Mars. So more charming and magnetic energy for us in our creativity. It is a day to do the creative work that requires lots of energy or movement. Recording a podcast, for example. Layering up an oil painting. Filming. You know what that task is according to the work that you do. The one that requires the most amount of energy and requires you to be so charming because you are going to have all of Venus energy making you just be your cute, charming self to be able to accomplish it. Outside of work, this is honestly also a pretty good day to go on a date because not everything is work, right? It may be this day, but you could also go out dancing. On Wednesday, the Sun squares Pluto. This is a transit that you may have started feeling since October 12th because Pluto, an outer planet, is involved. When planets that move slower are involved in a transit, their effects last longer than three days. This transit you may feel all the way up until October 26th. So what does this transit mean? The sun, the self, the ego is being challenged by Pluto, the out of the underworld, the psyche, the unconscious, and deep-rooted behavioral patterns may start showing up or may have already started showing up and are going to be intensified on this day. But remember, because of the phase of the moon we're in on this week, this may not be such a terrible thing. It's just going to show us more, give us more insight on what things we've been learning during the Libra season. Remember, the third quarter of the moon is about reflection and integration. So as these patterns are showing up and your ego may be kind of on denial about them or trying to hide them, acknowledge what is coming up and reflect on why they're there. See the lesson they have for you. Then on Thursday, Venus follows the sun once again and squares Pluto as well. Because it is Venus who is involved instead of the sun, this isn't about the self, it is about the other. And this other could be, yes, your relationships, but also how you relate to your own pleasure and your sense of beauty and creativity. So who am I in my relationships, in my partnerships? Who am I in my relationship to my pleasure? And what is my psyche trying to show me about that? Does that make sense? It is our conscience patterns when it comes to the other. Am I controlling? Am I lacking self-expression? Am I a workaholic? The other work. You get the point. Our job as the self-aware which is that we are is to ask why are these patterns here? But this is not a why to judge. It is a why to understand. To be compassionate towards ourselves and notice, okay, I am insecure in my relationships and this withdrawing behavior is showing up. Where is it coming from? Oh, it's coming from growing up in an abusive household with, par- <laughs> with parents who didn't teach me how to communicate my needs properly and my way to deal with this is by being avoidant. So instead of communicating, because if I come from my, par- my partner, I may be abused, even though that is not necessarily true, It is a way that I've dealt with things to survive, right? So this is coming up. This is showing up. I am getting to the root of it. I am understanding it. I'm acknowledging it. I'm not being judgmental towards myself. I am just acknowledging that that is there. And now I can be aware of that when it shows up again. I don't have to take this with me forever. I just showed you a very deep process of behavioral pattern awareness and reframing and changing and it usually doesn't happen that fast obviously um but i just wanted to make that point for you so this is a day when we can notice those patterns and we can in- be inquisitive about them and try to just acknowledge them and practice compassion so we can change them later yeah because this is a door that pluto square to the sun and venus can open yeah it's an opportunity for awareness despite how difficult, uncomfortable, and sticky it's going to feel. This transit started around October 14 and it will continue until October 20th. So it's a bit shorter than the Sun square Pluto, but still just as impactful. Okay, on Saturday we close Libra season. No, <laughs> this Libra Sun cannot deal. <laughs> But yes, Libra season will come to an end, but it will close with a beautiful Venus-Casimi, meaning that the that Venus and the Sun will be conjunct. Our conjunction is when two planets are at zero degrees from each other. This is a supportive aspect for us, and this transit in particular is both a nice breather after the intensity of Wednesday and Thursday, and also... A nice moment to be and celebrate and love because we have a very intense week. The following week. Yeah. Next week is going to be very intense because eclipse eclipses begins. So this is a good day to connect to our pleasure. May that with someone else or by ourselves, you know. So art, touch, sex, sensation, groundedness, music, shopping, Making our spaces beautiful, buying flowers, lighting candles, whatever makes you feel connected to your pleasure. Because Mercury and the Moon are also in Libra on this day, this may also be a good day to write a handwritten letter to yourself or someone you love. A few hours later, Mercury will join Saturn, giving us clarity to communicate our ideas better. Those lessons we've learned in the past lunar cycle may be better integrated now as the week comes to an end. Is this something you could write about in that letter? Is this something you could discuss with a loved one on this day? Up to you how you choose to process and communicate what is now making sense to you. These insights may be something to keep in mind when setting our intentions next week when the waxing moon is around. The week closes on Sunday when both the sun and Venus enter Scorpio. Venus will be in Scorpio until November 16th, this is a cycle about being passionate and committed, be it to our relationships, our creative projects. Venus in Scorpio means business, it wants what it wants and it's gonna get it. Venus in Scorpio is just very intense. A couple of hours later Scorpio season begins when the sun enters the sign as well. Now, I don't know if it's because I have a Scorpio stellium or if it's just Scorpio season really that intense for everyone else, but... Scorpio season just fucks me up, (laughs) which is why I'm also just being very warning to you about the new moon in Scorpio eclipse season beginning next week. So I'm sorry if I'm scaring you. I don't mean to scare you. There is nothing to fear. It's just intense. And sometimes we need intense, yeah? Anyways, we'll continue unpacking Scorpio season as it unfolds, but something to be prepared for while the sun is in the water sign Is to feel deeply and because we are highly sensitive people, we already feel pretty dim deeply. So this is a time to truly, truly nurture ourselves in our safety containers. I'm not telling you to go full hermit here. Although if that's what you need, go for it. But to really prioritize your self-care routines, your moments to connect to yourself, the moments to nurture yourself, your body, your mind. For now. Let's start getting that survival kit ready, right? The survival kit I just mentioned a few minutes ago on our previous segment. This is a good week to do that. To recap, the moon is going from third quarter to prepping to the new moon in Scorpio next week. So it's moving through Leo, Virgo, and Libra this week. A time to introspect and integrate what Libra season has taught us by expressing our insights through some creative form, editing out what isn't working anymore, and sharing what we've learned with a loved one in a one-on-one conversation. When we're not self-reflecting, from Monday and Tuesday, we are focused on fulfilling a project that may have been missing the belief in ourselves that we needed to complete it, (laughs) And that requires a lot of physical energy from us, as well as letting our charming self be self-expressed. Wednesday and Thursday are to notice our patterns both in who we are with ourselves and who we are with others. So we need to face them with compassion and be open for conversation with our psyche as to what we can learn from from them and how to reshape those patterns. Then the end of the week, it's all about connecting to our pleasure and getting our survival kit ready in preparation for Scorpio season. The intention for the week is I allow myself to learn from my shadow without judgment. I am compassionate to myself and I'm open to love delight, and shadow in me. The suggested magical practices for this week are if you are an experienced witch, practice some shadow work and if you are now just beginning your witchy journey I invite you to start building that survival kit and to start journaling like writing down whatever patterns you're seeing about yourself that you may be judgmental towards but really you just need to appreciate regardless so write those down Okay, that is today's episode. I hope these little messages from me are helpful to you in your, your journey in being a highly sensitive person. I want to give you a heads up from next Monday on. I'm actually adding another segment to the Monday episodes because, you know, this is not feeling witchy enough for me. So... From next Monday on, we're going to have another segment as well called Let's Get Witchy, where it's all about witchcraft and why I think it's important for highly sensitive people who are into being witchy to practice their own witchcraft. In the meantime, this is it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. Again... In order for highly sensitive people to find each other, we gotta get seen, and reviews help us, sensitively magical, get noticed by the algorithm so we can reach more people like you and me. Please rate and review if you think other people would benefit from this podcast. To everyone who leaves a review during October 2022, I'm sending a 15-minute pre-recorded astrological reading to give you self-care tools based on your own birth chart. So all you have to do is take a screenshot on Apple Podcasts before you hit submit and send it to me at mil, M-I-L, at aletheacoven.com with your date, time, and place of birth. This is all so I can actually look at your birth chart, otherwise I won't be able to do it. Cool? Okay, that is all my love list. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me share my magic with you. See you on Thursday to celebrate Taylor VanWay, my best friend. Someone who is trying to figure out if she is a highly sensitive person. Okay, have a good week. This episode is dedicated to my beautiful, incredible father who showed me that changing It's absolutely possible for anyone who actually does the work that changing requires does the work that growing requires his birthday is actually tomorrow, October 18th a uh, happy birthday to him as uh, being the incredible man that he was in life and that I just miss him and love him so much and I miss him, miss him so, so much yes, so this episode is dedicated to you, puppy. Te amo and just thank you for protecting me and taking care of me even though you're not here anymore. I love you. Our music is created by AtecaX. And this show, this very fancy, fancy show is produced and edited by me, Millie Quintero. Okay, bye.